2016 got me feeling like it's 85. If young Jenkins don't trust you, I'ma grab the piece. You know the model, shoot him up and sleep in the streets. I'm heading on the way to the All right, everybody, welcome back or welcome in. This is the Attitude Podcast. My name is Brad. I'm here with my very good friends, Christian, Ryan, and Dan. We are here talking Villanova basketball and. Not much has gone on since the last time that we've talked to you, but we figured we'd give you a little bit of content because we're interested to talk about Villanova hoops. So, um, again, uh, my name is Brad. We're here with Christian, Ryan, and Dan. And, uh, yeah, so this week we saw uh, our new head coach, Kyle Neptune, on John Rothstein's College Hoops Today podcast. Uh, And it was one of the first times that we've seen Neptune speak publicly since his – appointment as Villanova head coach uh, and since Jay retired. So, um, you know, I think we all got a chance to listen to the interview. Um, Dan, let's start with you. Uh, what, what, what were your thoughts? And uh, hearing our head coach, our fearless leader speak, you know, uh, it always a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was super nice to finally hear coach Neptune talk because other than uh, when he addressed the media at the press conference, when they announced this, that he was hired, we haven't really heard from him. So uh, Ross seems always a great inter- interview and a great follow. So it was cool to hear him pick his brain a little, but the interview itself, there wasn't much to take away from. Um, the, the big news is that Kyle announced that Caleb was coming back, which we all kind of knew already, but it's nice to hear the confirmation there. And he didn't mention anybody else explicitly, but the transfer deadline already passed last week. So it's safe to assume that the roster is what it is right now. So that's one of the key takeaways. And then I think the other thing just confirming was that, according to Kyle, that he really had no idea that any of this was going to happen. They contacted him a couple of days before saying that, Jay was looking to retire and he didn't really believe them. And then he retired. So those were my two key takeaways from the interview itself. It was a nice listen, nice and quick, but nothing groundbreaking. Yeah. I mean, I don't really think that anything groundbreaking was said in the interview, like you said, Dan, but my favorite two parts about the interview was definitely um, the first being how he wants to keep the attitude. And, you know, he did actually, say the word attitude so i'm glad that he wants to keep that villanova culture culture strong which made me happy and then kind of like what we talked about on the last podcast about you know how um he's going to keep it his own while also having like jay kind of like whisper in his ear um it seemed like he has a pretty good grasp on the situation and being able to distinguish between you know jay's coaching style and his because i mean kyle did learn a lot from um, Jay when he was like working for him and, you know, he did win a national championship with Jay. So it's kind of happy to see, or makes me happy to see at least that there will be a distinction. And um, while, you know, Kyle tries to make it his own team. Yeah. I'll try to split some hairs here going into this, going into the interview, given that summer, and this is really the only bit of content we really have had in the last few weeks. I did find it interesting that Neptune mentioned he was going through the roster at a high level in terms of roles and responsibility, nothing too groundbreaking as the two guys mentioned, but he did 
call out Jordan Longino as someone they expect to take another big jump this year. And as we look forward to a starting five later this summer in the early fall, I think that comment probably speaks volumes. He, he mentions Brandon Caleb and Dixon as kind of the, the big leaders. And then Longino was like the fourth name mentioned. So I think we could see him make that jump to the starting five or be that coveted six-man role in the roster. But obviously there's a lot to go through before we get to that point. Another thing I found really interesting was Rothstein was talking to Neptune about what he learned this past year as a first-time head coach. And it was mentioned that he did lose his best player in the middle of the season. I believe it was for personal reasons and details weren't shared, but Neptune said that it was a big loss and that they went on a five-game losing streak after he had left the program. And take a step back and look at the record. Fordham was 16-16, and 16, which obviously was a huge jump from the previous year when they were 2-12. and 12. But personally, I think it... I think that you look at Fordham's record and you're like, okay, they're a 500 team in the A-10, nothing too crazy. But kind of going off that comment, you think, oh, wow, like Neptune may have had this team in a much better place than their record indicates. And, you know, I think it's just not another thing for us to be excited about that he was able to transform this program and this roster into a respectable and decent team. And given the influx of talent our current roster has, I think it's really, it just bodes well for our future outlook for this year. Yeah, I like what you said there. And I think that we've gotten a pretty good sense of, of what Kyle was trying to build at Fordham. And he was trying to turn, you know, turn Fordham's program around into a program much like Villanova's. And I liked what he said. And he said something like this in his introductory press conference as well that he was trying to make his own, you know, leave his own mark, his his independent mark on Fordham. And he wants to do something similar at Villanova. But when he was trying to do that at Fordham, he said that he found himself falling into a lot of the same things that, that he had done at Villanova or that he had seen Jay do at Villanova, which I think I, I was happy hearing that for sure because – I think basketball wise, it leads me to believe that maybe not much is going to change that the culture of the program is in good hands. And I think we all thought that when Kyle was brought on, but it's just nice to hear it honestly. And it was just nice to have an interview from Kyle. Like, I I don't think that there was much said other than we got confirmation that Caleb Daniels was coming back for sure. Uh, You know, confirmed. So that was good to hear for sure. But again, it was just nice to hear Kyle speak again for the first time since his introductory press conference. I One of the things I want to talk about about the interview was the fact that Kyle, it was that the news was kind of a shock to him as well. And he only heard a couple of days before he was introduced as the head coach or, you know, before the news broke. And to me, if we watch the introductory press conference and the Jays retirement, you know, press conference hand in hand, the athletic department, Mark Jackson, the AD and father Peter, the president of the university tried to leave the impression that there was a painstaking nationwide search. And they may have done that, 
but I don't think they talked to, to too many people. I think that they really screened a lot of the coaches that they would want to work with. And then they talked to Kyle and he said, I think in the interview with John Rostein that he interviewed and then he heard back later that day, or he, you know, maybe he, they, he had a second interview and on the day of the second interview, he heard, that he was going to be the head coach. And it was a real shock to him. And I think the full 40 guys talked, uh, talked about this a little bit, but I think Kyle's interview with John Rostein really confirms it. But I think that the university did everything they could to make Jay want to stay or to, to try and bring Jay back. And that was one thing trying to read between the lines of the, of Kyle's interview with John Rostein. I really think that, that the university did everything they could. But, you know, that that was the interview. We didn't get much else from it, like uh, uh, except for, like I said, Caleb Daniels confirmed returning. Um, so we've got a pretty good idea of what the roster is going to look like unless we get, you know, we bring in something or somebody from the transfer portal. Uh, so we're really only losing our two seniors, three seniors, if you count Demir Cosby, Roundtree, and Brian Antoine. But there's going to be a lot of minutes up for grabs, and we'll probably get into that in a later later episode when we've got a fully clear picture, but those are my thoughts on the interview. And, uh, the other thing that we saw this, uh, I guess this week, and it really wasn't out there much. I only know about it because Ryan and Dan, you guys listened to this interview, but incoming freshman, Brendan Housen of Amarillo, Texas, uh, did an interview with, uh, I don't know if it was a local podcast or a radio station down there. Shout out uh, Press Pass Sports. It Press appears Pass Sports. to be a high school podcast for the Texas Panhandle. Cool. All right. So we're really deep into it then. And yeah, so uh, Brendan did an interview with those guys. And uh, I, I don't know if he said anything of note. I know that Ryan, I, I didn't listen to it, but I know Ryan and Dan, you guys did. Um, uh, Ryan, I guess we'll, we'll start, start with you. What did the interview sound like? I mean, anytime any of these guys speak publicly, it's something that we want to listen to and we want to know what they said. So I'll, I'll, I'll turn it over to you. What, how, what did that interview sound like? Yeah, there really wasn't a whole lot of substance in regards to ground or breaking, breaking news, but I went, I, I went into it just really only watching his high school tape and seeing him on the court and never really heard him speak or how he carries himself. And it's a really quick interview. I think it's maybe 10 minutes, again, on some very small local channel out there in Texas. And within the 10 minutes, I was so impressed with how he, with how he held himself and also the answers he gave. And I don't know who within the program is the PR person or you know, if there's a, a certain script they need to stick to in their answers, but... Pretty much everything he said was a, was a repeat of what we've heard for 20 years from coaches and players. You know, he was he was asked about his expectations for this first year, and and he literally said he said I just want everyone to buy in their role, take pride in their role, and get better every single day. He mentioned multiple times he wants to take everything day by day. He just wants to learn. He's not worried about making the NBA. He's not worried about wins. He just wants, and his, his quote at the end of this answer was, he just wants to see how much better of a person he can be by the end of this first year. 
I love that. I love that answer. And uh, shout out. First of all, you mentioned the, the Villanova press guy or the Villanova media guy. His name is Mike Sheridan. Uh, he's awesome at his job. I met him a couple of times when I interned for Mark Jackson. I'm sure he doesn't remember me, but he's an awesome dude. He always gave me the time of day. And uh, yeah, shout out Mike Sheridan. He's a good dude. And he co-wrote, co-wrote Attitude, Jay Wright's book. So another, yeah, he, another thing he, of note. He, he deserves whatever, whatever awards there are in PR because Housen only officially recommitted, I think, a day or so before this interview. And everything he said should be put in a Villanova brochure. It checks every box of the program. Every single box. He, he also mentioned... He chose Villanova not only for the basketball program, but for the university itself, the education, the school, the campus. I mean, you know, I mean, for accepted students say next year, they should just play the interview. That's great. They'll be fine. I mean, it's, it's interesting, too, because now we're coming through it. I mean, this is only our third time re- recording. Right. But it's thinking of those interviews, not just the Housen one, not just the Neptune one, but you know, all the interviews that we've heard over the years, thinking about them from a podcasting standpoint and or in a content standpoint, and then just being a fan of the program, polar opposites, because hearing these interviews, not great for, for podcast content. If we're being honest, you know, we, we do want to talk about it. We do want to talk about how he's going to fit in. Right. And how, I guess that interview really shows that, but you know, we don't have a whole lot to talk about, right? There's not much of note, which is a good thing for any fan of the program, I think, because it's status quo, right? We're keeping the culture the same. We're, we are recruiting guys that it, at least it seems like they know what's important and they value the things that the program values, which is a great thing, but podcast-wise, not a whole lot to talk about. Dan, I know you listen to it too. I mean, is do you, anything that you want to add? Yeah, the the one thing I do want to add is that I thought was really interesting is that so they asked him if actually uh, withdrawing from Nova, I guess decommitting is the correct term, and uh, so they couldn't like legally reach out to Brendan, so they talked to his coach, and he said it was between twenty and twenty five schools immediately contacted him after Jay's retirement and he stayed with us, but I just thought that was shocking because Brennan's a nice recruit. He's a top 100 guy, but I can't imagine what Mark and Cam got as well because they're way higher ranked. So just a testament to the program itself, but just thought that was interesting. The, uh, the vultures were circling for sure. That that's interesting that, he had that many schools i'd be i'd be interesting to see the list of schools that reached out to him and and obviously not i'm not meant as a slight to brendan at all but like i said on the last time we recorded i wonder how many of those schools program like how many of those programs compare to nova like favorably i'm sure like cam probably could have chosen anywhere he wanted to go in the country to any of the blue bloods if he really wanted to I wonder if the same about Mark. Mark's such a good fit from everything that we've seen, so I don't know. But Brendan, those 25 schools, I'd be interested to see the list. Again, not men as a slight to Brendan at all, but just I'd like I'd like to see the list and how how those programs really stack up to Nova. But anyway, I mean, yeah, I mean sorry, yeah, go ahead, Christian. 
Yeah, I mean, regardless of the program, I still think it says a lot about, well, regardless of like our program or the programs reaching out to him, I think it says a lot about the kid too. Because if you think about it, like he could probably play in most places and, you know, maybe they'll, maybe those 25 programs have more established coaches. I'm sure there's a lot of uncertainty going into, you know, next year of Villanova. Like, I don't think so, but like, obviously, you know, losing Jay is like a huge impact. But for him to say, like, no, I already committed to this school and, you know, I'm going to see at least for a year, like, let it ride and see, like, what comes out of it and what I get out of it, I think says miles to the character of the kid. And that's exactly the type of player that Jay has gone um, for in the past. And I'm glad that, um, you know, we still are getting people like that. And that's the mentality. That's yeah, Christian, I think that's an awesome point. And the one thing that came into my head when you said all that was that a lot of these kids, I think throughout the years, you can see that as they spend time in the program, they get better at talking to the media and they get better at using the Villanova sound bites. It sounds like from what you, Dan and Ryan, what you guys are saying that Brendan really doesn't need all that much media training is that he like, he's got it already. And the one guy who we brought in that I can think of in the last couple of years that really didn't need it was JRE. Like JRE from the very beginning was like program guy. He was the attitude guy. He, you could tell from the day, from day one that he had bought in. And I love that about him. And I'm going to continue loving that about him, watching him in the NBA. And I'm excited to see what Brendan does. But anyway, I guess that, you know, mentioning the NBA, that's probably a good, good thing to get into. The last thing that we wanted to talk about tonight was, our cats in the NBA. We've got uh, three guys still alive, four guys still alive in the NBA playoffs or three guys. That's right. We've got Kyle uh, with Miami, Kyle Lowry with the Miami heat. We've got uh, Jalen and Mikel, uh, Jalen Brunson, Mikel Bridges playing, uh, playing each other this uh, right now in the Mavs sun series. We've been doing our best to stay up and watch. Uh, Ryan is our uh, resident mountain time, uh, round time guy. So he, uh, Ryan, I'll turn it over to you. Uh, for cats in the NBA, we're, we're seeing Jalen with the Mavericks and uh, Mikhail with the Suns going head to head. I think they just finished up game four series now tied at two. Where do we see this going? How, how's the series been so far? Yeah. Yeah. The game four just wrapped like, right before we started recording this. And it's just been a back and forth. The, the Suns won the first two games at home. Uh, the Mavericks have now won the last two being that they're at home game five. I imagine is probably Tuesday or Wednesday to give them a day for travel. But in watching the bits I've had of the first four games, it's, it's just awesome. Especially for us who watched Brunson and Bridges every game for three plus years and now seeing them essentially do the same exact thing on the NBA level and not only just the NBA level, but now we're in the last eight teams or 14. Yeah. Last you know, or however many teams are left, you know, Bridges is obviously has gotten a lot more accolades. He was second place in defensive player of the year this year. He got uh, a really nice extension. I think it's like four years, 80 million, something along those lines. Um, And obviously Jalen has kind of lit the, lit the world by fire the last two weeks. He averaged 28 points a game against the jazz in the first round of the playoffs and 78% of those points were within the three-point arc. And just watching him, you see so much of what we saw at Villanova. He's just a, 
a wizard within the paint. He knows how to position his body. He knows the footwork. He's able to, he's able to best almost anyone down low. And I think if anyone is in tune with, you know, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, he had that one highlight reel against Rudy Gobert in the jazz series where he does like three different moves and Gobert, who is the last, I don't know, five, seven years been the premier defensive player in the league was just put on skates and he made them look foolish. So it's just been great to see these guys translate what we've seen to the next level, because I think we've always believed in them. I think some NBA scouts or critics have been skeptical of our guys for various reasons, but they've been crushing it and it's just so awesome to watch. Yeah, it's been, it's been awesome to see this series. I mean, Jalen in round one was, was, I mean, incredible to, to see i haven't i admittedly i haven't gotten to see as much of this um this sun's maverick series as i've wanted to i watched a good bit of it today i know that jalen didn't look great in those first two days i think he notably he had he was notably pretty bad actually in those first two games but i know that he had a great game three and i think he he from what i saw today he played really well and it's just so cool to see them carry the culture of the program through the NBA. And I think that Kyle has been doing it for so long and it's really gone under the radar, but he's been, I mean, he's an NBA champion. He won with, he won one with the Raptors and he's just been doing it for so long now. I mean, what he, has he been in the league for 15 years at this point? It's gotta be pretty close. Um, oh, I, I think it's, yeah, he's a seasoned veteran. Yeah. And it's just, I, I, it's one of those things that's so special. And I think that we'll see, Soon we'll see guys like Sadiq and uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl GRE. Um, we'll see Josh hopefully in the playoffs. Like we'll hopefully we'll see them all continue to get better on the on the NBA level. And I'm excited to see for one Jalen's contract, whatever he's about to get, is going to be uh, maybe record breaking for a, a Nova um, for a Villanova player in the NBA. No, you don't think. Well, no, only because Kyle Lowry was on, I believe, a max or close to a max before, and he, he's raking in Toronto? thirty mil, oh, thirty mil okay. a year. Oh. And then uh, once Bridges' extension hits in, he's going to be averaging twenty. But Jalen should be right in that realm. Right. I mean, what Mikhail got? What did he get? Four for four years over ninety. I. I I, I think so. It's like four over 85 or something. It averages out to like mid tw- or like low twenties gotcha. a year. But Jalen, Jalen should command something similar to that, a four or five year contract in a borderline 20 mil a year average. Right. I know I've seen the Pistons really are trying to get him, which would be awesome as a Villanova fan because he mm-hmm. would be teaming up with Sadiq Bay. Yeah. We never got to team up with at Villanova. The Knicks have also been been in the rumors, and obviously there's there's Dallas. Uh, but I'll give you a hot take. I don't want to see Jalen go to the Knicks. I really don't want to see that happen because I I would love to see like, that happen. If it, well, yeah, Christian, no, we, we no, would reunite no Knicks fan. We'd reunite Arch and Brunson. Well, you don't think that Jalen would take Arch's spot? I mean, you know, I mean, you know. I mean, you, maybe not. Maybe maybe yeah. not. That'd be awesome to see them play together again. Yeah, what and I sorry, would... this is coming in late, but to confirm, it's the four-year, ninety million contract for um, Bridges. Right. Okay. Sorry. 
Yeah, yep. no, no, no worries. And I mean, Mikhail is one thing, and it's a shame. Dan, Dan's internet, unfortunately, has been betraying him all uh, all evening, and he had to drop off. He's he's our you know resident Sixers fan on the pod, and it's a real shame because Mikhail, like, for those who don't know, Mikhail was drafted tenth overall back in twenty eighteen by the by the 76ers and they traded him that night to the Phoenix Suns and Mikel, his mom at the time, I don't know if she still does, but she had worked for the Sixers. It was a great story. We finally got a Nova grad to play for the hometown Philly team or to get drafted by the hometown Philly team. And it unfortunately didn't work out. And now Mikel is the exact kind of player. And Dan has said this before the exact kind of player that the Sixers need. And uh, it's been awesome to see what he can do. You know, he's not a huge scoring threat. I mean, he's a, he's not a huge scoring threat for the Suns right now, but he is just an iron man. He plays 40 plus minutes a night. He's the only guy on the floor that they can, that actually does that looking at the box score or for the Suns. He's the only guy that plays 40 plus minutes. And it's just cool to see all these guys that we, ultimately like went to school with playing in the NBA. It's just, it, it really never gets old. Um, and hopefully we can see even more come in the future. We're going to get into it later this summer, talking about Jermaine and, and Colin and whether or not they've got a chance to go in maybe the second round back half of the second round uh, of this summer's draft. And that's certainly something that we're going to dive into this summer as uh, you know, as we continue to, to bring you, Villanova basketball content and not much to talk about this week, but uh, I'll go ahead and throw it to you, Ryan, uh, for any, any closing thoughts before we say goodbye. No, I mean, not, nothing crazy. Uh, just a, it's, I mean, it speaks volumes that we are dissecting two relatively small interviews and as the bulk of our episode today. So, you know, obviously looking forward to the rest of the playoffs with uh, with our guys still in there, looking forward to the NBA draft with Colin Germain. We'll we'll probably talk on probably talk about that later on the summer. And then, you know, we could break we can spend hours on the roster over the summer, but you know, go cats. That's right. That that's right. Go cats. And and I know we said it at the beginning, but we're clearly just itching to talk about Nova basketball. And uh we're itching to to bring you guys you know, more Villanova content. So that's what we're going to try and do all summer. Uh, Christian, any, any final closing thoughts? Uh, yeah. One quick thing. So for our listeners, we are recording <clears throat> on mother's day today. So I just want to give a quick shout out to all the uh, mothers of the podcast, mothers of the players and anyone else Excellent of the Nova nation. Out. Yeah. Excellent. So uh, obviously we all love our mamas. So uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's all I wanted to add. I love that Christian. That, 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 that's good. You know, much love to all the, all the mama cats out there. Um, yeah. I mean, thank, thanks so much everybody for listening. Uh, this again has been the attitude podcast with Brad, Christian, Dan, and Ryan. And uh, we'll continue, like I said, to bring you content all throughout the summer here. Um, go ahead and follow us on, uh, on Twitter. We are at, at Nova underscore attitude. And we uh, go, go ahead and like, and subscribe and give us a rating on, uh, on, Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. And if thanks again so much for listening. We appreciate it. This has been the Attitude Podcast. We will see you next time. Go cats.